0: Today's interview is with Dom Miartan, the President and CEO of Optus Bank, which has its corporate headquarters in downtown Columbia, South Carolina. Optus Bank was founded 100 years ago by visionary African-American leaders who established victory savings and loan to provide access to capital to individuals and businesses excluded from the banking system. Optus Bank launched their official rebranding in 2018. The new brand embraces the historical focus and mission of creating wealth building opportunities for everyone, regardless of background privilege or zip code. Dom, tell us about the history of Optus Bank.
1: Uh, Originally Optus Bank was founded really 1921. It was founded as the first African-American community, which in those days was truly unbanked. And some would say it's equally unbanked today, and we'll probably talk more about that. Uh, The bank has morphed into what's today Optus Bank, but it's the same mission of really closing the gaps in our financial ecosystem.
0: Tell us more about those gaps.
1: Um, some say, and the way they explain it in some of the economic studies have, have highlighted, you know, the, the gap in access to credit and financial opportunities always existed, and sometimes it was more overtly along the racial lines. Unfortunately, those, those overt efforts to discriminate and really remove access to opportunities for African Americans has sort of gone into underground a little bit through systemic structures that we've built over time they create that bias i'll give you an example uh, of of a study recently uh, i think as as early as last year where uh, sets of credit applications um, were sent to various banks and the only thing different on those applications was names some names were very ethnic sounding some names were very white sounding the response rate was uh, was so different that no statistical sort of deviation or standard deviation could explain it that was in 2019 i believe when that study was conducted so we know even today there are huge disparities in access to to credit capital and opportunities what we see today happening in in our communities is a lot of the systemic disparities that have really been carefully built over 400 years uh, through all kinds of policies and like I said in 1920s it was more overt uh, than it is or more intentional than it is today. Today you could say it's very unintentional and most folks don't think about closing closing economic opportunities uh, for people of color or women-owned businesses. They want to serve everyone but we've created systems and structures that provide such disadvantages to those people that for them to access the same opportunities you and I may take for granted uh it becomes a very different experience
0: what is the impact these gaps have had on our local economies
1: if we simply decide that we're going to take a group of people and group of businesses and underserve them we're basically telling our residents we're not going to build a vibrant community for you we're cutting out huge segment of the population from accessing economic opportunities that make viable healthy economically vibrant communities and we simply don't believe that's, one, the right thing to do, but also in an enlightened uh, self-interest, economic self-interest, uh, it's very dumb to do that. Right? We sh- we're giving up economic growth uh, for our own families, our own children, our own community if we decide that we're going to underserve or leave a group of people in our community underserved and remove opportunities for them to build wealth. Build businesses, make them viable customers for our bank, for your business, for other businesses. So we believe it's just in, in, a, in a spirit of community building. We need to make sure that every part of the community, regardless the zip code, regardless of the color of their skin or their ethnicity or their background, we need to make sure every person has a decent chance at success because it helps all of us.
0: How do you assess risk at Optus Bank? Talk about what are some of the differentiators at Optus Bank.
1: It, it is it is deep question that a lot of um, minority-owned and community development banks, banks with a specific mission to address uh, the needs of underserved communities face. Right? The question is how do you balance mission and margin? How do you make sure that your financial institution remains viable and strong and can accomplish its mission. The, the approach we take is without margin, there's no mission. So no margin, no mission. So how do we balance that? Um, what is our difference? What is the difference um, in our credit box, our underwriting principles, our assessment versus a main street um, our mainstream bank? Uh, the, the basic box is the same. And so the way I describe our level of risk appetite is we have very little risk appetite compared to the other banks. But we still are able to make loans available because we approach it in a little different, with a different business model. And our business model is more expensive um, because we take extra time. So the question of risk is how do you mitigate the risk? So banks are risk management uh, companies. We extend credit with the expectation of the borrower being able to repay it based on their cash flow. So we assess that risk. But sometimes, if you just put someone in a box and you apply the same box with the basic five C's of lending, right? So your credit, your capital, your cash flow, your capacity, and your character. That box hasn't changed in 100 plus years, or 500 years, or 1,000 years, depending how it may have morphed into because we may not have had formal mechanisms for assessing credit. We now have the credit scoring right, the, the, that's one tool. But we have, we have those five C's just like every other bank. What separates us, we have a sixth C, and that I call that the, the, the six C, which is compassion. And what that means is uh, when a person comes in and those five C's may not be perfectly aligned with your credit policy. They may be missing something maybe their credit score is a little bit weaker maybe their cash flow is a little more seasonal maybe their collateral is is valued less because it happens to be in a lower income community or they have less equity maybe they have less capital to bring to the table so we look at all those five and on on the face value they may not look like we can offer that credit but if you look at that if you apply that 6c right compassion that means Our lenders, the folks that you see in our bank, maybe they take an extra hour or two, or extra 10, or sometimes extra 100 hours to see if there's something we're missing. That's what separates us. We take that extra time and effort, which you could say for a traditional financial institution, it's not prudent because you're spending time on a small loan that's not gonna make you nearly the amount of money as a big loan from a more qualified, more traditionally qualified borrower but if our mission is to close the wealth gap, if our mission is to find those imperfections in the marketplace and complement what the other financial institutions are doing, we can do that without taking on more risk. What we are taking on is a little more cost. Now back to your other question. So what do your shareholders say about it? So Dom, you're telling me you're gonna make these loans to folks who appear to be less qualified on paper. Then you perfect that, underwriting process. You take that extra time, you take that extra compassion to really see what's behind your business, what is your ability and willingness to repay and you're gonna at the end of the day spend extra 50 hours and make a hundred thousand dollar loan and charge six percent interest. How are you going to make me money? Well two ways. We believe that frequently those borrowers um, one are not as rate-sensitive So you don't have to chase the lowest, lowest rate Um, without gouging them or providing them very high costs. We can charge a fair market rate for the level of effort and risk that we're taking on. So you could look at our portfolio. It may on average for certain borrowers, again, those borrowers with smaller loans with more difficult, we may charge a little bit more, maybe it's only 1% more. For your mainstream borrowers that come in and qualify, we charge a very market competitive rate, but we try to adjust for the level of complexity and perceived risk in each of those credits. So that's one way you pay for it. The other way, because of our mission, we're able to attract investors and depositors and supporters who are willing to support us, not because we pay them the best rate, but because they understand what we do for the community. So if you apply um, that model, the business model, is essentially based on our cost of funding, our deposit costs um, are lower than many of our peers because we're attracting national investors and supporters and some local institutional investors who just wanna support the impact that we're having because they understand that we're providing the economic floor for the community by making deals work that most traditional banks frankly don't have the luxury, not that they don't want to, they don't have the luxury to spend that extra hundred hours and still make their shareholders happy. Um, but we also um, find imperfections in the marketplace. Right? We find businesses that are a little bit less served, so in terms of us finding deals to fund, we don't have to work as hard, we don't have to market as hard, we don't have to look for those opportunities in the same way that traditional community banks have. So our costs on that side are a little bit lower. So if you put that entire business model up together, uh, we don't only believe that it's viable, we have proven it's viable. We, we believe it's working. And, and more globally, we believe this model is viable. There, there are hundreds of banks like ours all over the country that are very successful, very profitable, and are growing that have a mission, banks that have a a formal mission of closing the wealth gap, of finding those imperfections that a traditional capital flow doesn't reach, Uh, they're finding the way to close that gap and be actually more profitable than some of their traditional peers. So we know the model can work, um, and many of those banks are certified by the U.S. Treasury as community development financial institutions, as CDFIs we have quite a few in our, in our region. We have one other bank in our state that's very successful, that has a mission, not just to serve their entire community, but also they focus on underserved communities. Uh, in our case, we have, um, over the last three years since I've been here, the bank has more than tripled in size. So we've gone from 47 million in assets to today we're about 164 million in assets on our balance sheet, plus we have some off balance sheet Liquidity that puts us well over 200 million. So, you know, altogether we've more than tripled just our growth. Uh, uh, have more than tripled our asset size. Also, our profitability. If you look at our interest income, the interest we make off of loans, has more than doubled as well. In the some of the highest interest rate rate environments that we've had over the last 15 years, we've still been able to grow the bank raise over $100 million in liquidity or funding and deposits and new relationships and still double our interest income, which is a key measure for most banks. Now, a lot of that we've done with help from what I call impact investors. You could be an impact investor. I'm an impact investor. I invest my money with impact. I believe that my money should spend a night somewhere where it's working for me instead of against me. I believe my money should be in mission-driven banks or it should be invested in loans that help build my community. And so one of the big reasons we've been successful and and growing the bank and reaching such sustained profitability and growth is because we have a lot of people who simply decided, we're going to invest our money and we're going to do business with you. Not because you pay me the best rate on my CD or give me the lowest rate on my loan. We want a good rate. We want a market-oriented rate. We want you to be competitive, but we know what you're doing is making my community better, and I'm willing to support that. Not by paying a worse rate or getting a worse rate on my loan, just moving my business to you. And with that, we've attracted several hundred new depositors and customers. We've, like I mentioned, we've raised over 100 million in, in liquidity and funding in the last three years for a bank that was 47 million. Um, that's not uh, nominal. And uh, we've also attracted a lot of national investors. So Bank of America invested in our bank. They purchased 5% stake. We're talking with other large institutional investors today who like our margin and mission, both, who believe in our viability.
0: Let's talk strategy about 2021. Are you optimistic about the next few years for the bank?
1: We're uniquely equipped and uniquely threatened um, by the challenges ahead. Uh, and what I mean by that is our entire business model is to, uh, to find and serve the gaps in a profitable sustainable way. You could say those gaps have quadrupled um, in a, or have <laughs> more than quadrupled if you look at the GDP decline that we've experienced uh, over the past past few months uh, due to the pandemic, but also there were some systemic issues in our economy even before the pandemic uh, that we needed to address. So as we look out in 2020, we, uh, 2021, we believe that the state of small business is going to be very challenging. Uh, we simply don't see that you could have a quarterly um, 33% drop in GDP and recover instantly. We know it's going to take time as a mission-driven bank that serves primarily underserved people and places, or more intentionally serves those, we're more vulnerable than many other institutions because we're serving places that already were somewhat vulnerable to the economic downturns. And we believe we could be impacted in in a greater way. So we're very concerned about our mission because if our mission is to ensure that all businesses, regardless of their geography or their socioeconomic status, can access capital and grow, um, grow their um, own wealth, we think the pandemic and the fallout from that could disproportionately impact those small businesses, which we predominantly serve. So from a pure business model perspective, we have great concerns about what this could mean for us, and our communities that we serve. On the flip side, we also believe that there is innovation and, and drive and entrepreneurial spirit that has surprised, us, has surprised us before and will surprise us again positively. And we're already starting to see some of that. A lot of our businesses are adjusting ex- extremely well. They're finding new ways to serve their customers. They're finding to, to change their business model. Uh, and f- for us as a mission-driven lender, uh, we feel a tremendous sense of weight to step out there, to lean in, to make sure that those businesses, particularly the minority-owned businesses, can come back, but not just come back, but can, can actually thrive. So uh, we, we think that as we look out into really next year or two, there's going to be significant challenges, but we also believe with the right support from the government, which we, we have received uh, and our communities have received and hopefully will receive yet again, uh, we think we could have a very robust recovery. And also, we, also, we believe that if, if we're strategic about how those recovery investments are made, uh, we could actually rebuild our economy in potentially a stronger way that's more equitable and more accessible to all minority businesses Uh, on on all businesses, uh, all Main Street businesses, not just the Wall Street businesses.
0: And here's a question that I ask all of my interviewees. What are you most proud of?
1: The single greatest um, goal for us is, and, and for me personally, is to ensure that all people, regardless of their background, can accomplish what they set out to accomplish. And we believe, and I believe, uh, and our family values are focused on making sure that every person can maximize their full potential. Naturally, the question is, so what does a bank have to do with it? How does a bank fit in? Uh, We believe at Optus Bank that the banking system is critical to ensuring that we have fair equitable access to growth and opportunities and wealth building and, and so if you ask how do I measure my success and our success uh, personally is um, I look at whether we are accomplishing that are we helping people achieve their maximum potential are we helping businesses grow and thrive are we helping homeowners build value and equity in their home? Are we helping individuals bank um, better, um, accumulate resources, manage their money better, live better lives, better financial lives? And if you look at our statistics over the last few years we've been tracking them, we know the majority of our loans, the majority of our capital, has been intentionally invested to do those things. In fact, over 90 percent of our loans are invested in low-income communities, minority communities, women-owned businesses or minority-owned businesses. To me, that's a good proxy for impact because we know we're closing the gap with our capital, with our resources and the capital that our depositors and supporters have invested in us. We know we are closing those gaps. So what does that mean to the community? Um, What does that mean to um, someone like Gabby's Bose, teenage uh, prodigy entrepreneur who we were able to provide financing. Uh, what does it mean to uh, a barber that we put in business 20 years ago now he's expanded you know, what does it mean to a first-time homebuyer that may not have had those opportunities that's what I care about I want to be able to look back and find that we have helped people transform their lives and build lasting wealth for them and their families. Um, So I'm most proud of that we've reached a point in our history where that impact is growing. Every month we look at our loans that we invest in low-income communities, um, we've seen that grow. In fact, we've seen that double even before the PPP program. Uh, What I'd like to see... uh, going forward. I'd like to see us reach exponential growth because we believe that if, if, if we're the current size that we are, we're helping a few thousand people. But imagine if we were able to help few million people, what would this country look like? What would this wealth, what would our GDP look like? What would our local community look like if we were able to find extra 100, 500,000, 10,000 entrepreneurs that are right at the brink of creating multi-generational wealth for their family. But they need that extra little support. They need that 6C. They need someone just to take a little extra interest to push them um, over, over, over that credit, access to credit or capital or opportunity. So the fact that we're now in a position where we can be strategic and intentional in investing in that growth is the most, uh, really is the most significant accomplishment for us.
0: That was our interview with Dom Miartin, the president and CEO of Optus Bank, headquartered in Columbia, South Carolina.